Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Our prayer must not be self-centered. It must arise not only because we feel our own need as a burden we must lay upon God, but also because we are so bound up in love for our fellow men that we feel their need acutely as our own. To make intercession for men is the most powerful and practical way in which we can express our love for them. John Calvin. Hey, we're Andrew Jennifer Smith, your host of the Marriage After God podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to share a review we got recently on our show. This is by K9509. The title is Love the Challenges, exclamation points. Gave five stars and they said, So glad the podcast is back. You both are gifted in, na- in a natural way of sharing the gospel in relationship to our, day- our everyday life. I'm so appreciative of the encouragement and scriptures you share to help us navigate the many seasons of marriage. You guys are a blessing. Additional review. I simply love listening to you guys. Every episode is refreshing and filled with practical applications to implement in my life. Thank you, Aaron and Jen. Also, Jen is hilarious and makes me laugh throughout the show. Yes. Yeah, got <laughs> Mission <him>. accomplished. <laughs> um, if you haven't left us, if you have left us a star rating and review, we wanted to say thank you so much. Um, they really bless us. Also, we wanted to encourage you, if you haven't left a star rating or review, to take two seconds today and just simply tap on that star rating. And if you feel inclined to also leave us a written review, we'd love that. Um, we love reading them and they really bless us, as I said before. Um, and we may even read your review out loud on the show. So take a second today, leave us a star rating and review. All right, we're back this week. Uh, this is part three of our eight-part series that we've been working through on talking about prayer and specifically how Jesus teaches us how to pray in Matthew 6. Just a quick note, I've been getting um, more uh, messages lately, private messages on different things based off of this series we've been doing. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. It's just, it's it, for some reason, it's striking a chord with people. So. Cool. Well, we love it and we're excited to be doing this. And one of our biggest goals behind talking about prayer is also in celebration of our book launch, which is coming up um, Mm -hmm. in just a few weeks. We are gearing up to launch our newest book, which is 365 Prayers for Marriage. It's called The Marriage Gift. And you can go to themarriagegift.com to check that out or pre-order. And a special note, if you stay tuned to the end, we'll actually be reading a prayer from the book, um, prayer number 112. We've been doing this for this series. Usually we pray a unique prayer, but uh, for this series, we've been wanting to show you examples from the book specifically. So stay tuned to the end to hear that prayer. I've really enjoyed talking about prayer and we've been inspired because of our book, but I just I just like it. Yeah, and I'm glad- a, talking about prayer, sorry to interrupt you, it's just been encur- encouraging me to evaluate my own prayer life. 
and always and how mm-hmm. intentional I am and, and the way I pray and when I pray. And I so feel this like has been good for me. <laughs> believers are always, go, you know, experiencing that ebb and flow of spiritual intimacy with the Lord. And I think there's some seasons where you just recognize, oh, I haven't been doing what I normally do or, or I'm not doing what I know I should be. And so it's just good reminders all around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love to hear that people are, are, their interests are peaked in us doing a series like this. So that's cool. Yeah. So speaking about the, this being the third episode, the first episode we dealt with how to pray genuinely and not as a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And again, we're going through Matthew chapter six through actually the Lord's prayer. We actually, we haven't, we haven't got to the Lord's prayer, but we will today. <laughs> um, actually, sorry, that's next week, but we're going through right now, the first few verses right before the Lord's mm-hmm. prayer about how Jesus is teaching not to pray and not to be like this. And, and so we're gearing up for it. So the first one was about not being a hypocrite. The second one, the second episode, we talked about the power of praying in secret Yeah, and just that the Lord will reward you. And so this, this episode now is based on verse seven of the, um, of Matthew chapter six. And uh, I'll read that real quick. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. So I think for a lot of people, many people, they get hung up on their words or even the length of their prayers when it comes to considering praying or even taking that step forward, you know. Um, Our hope today is just to extinguish any insecurities that anyone listening might have about your words or encourage you that your words are meaningful to God. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as we try and answer the question, what should I be praying? Yeah. We talked to, a, we just did a podcast recently and the, and the girl we were talking to is explaining how she felt like she didn't know how to pray well, like she could write well, she can like, but she didn't feel eloquent in her prayers. Mm-hmm. And we got to encourage her and say, you know, with what we're encouraging today is like, you know, God loves your prayers as they are the simple ones, the, even when you feel like you don't say them right Mm -hmm. or have the right words. Um, and so that's kind of what we're talking about today is, and trying to pull from this part of Jesus's encouragement to his disciples and to us is, um, being mean, being meaningful in our prayers Mm -hmm. and sincere in them. So, um, in this first part, Jesus is basically calling them out and saying, don't use empty phrases. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, I think we should point out what it says in Isaiah 23 or 29, 13. Sorry, I read that wrong. It says, and the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me. Yeah. I know that's not the whole thing. There's a lot more to it, but I just wanted to pull that out because here you can see that the Lord knows when our mouths and lips and words say one thing, but the posture of our heart and what's inside of our heart is yeah. something completely different. Yeah. Our purposes, our, our intentions, aren't they don't match up. up. Yeah. Uh, he was also, he's pointing out that the Gentiles who were not people of God, that's why he mentions Gentiles because there's the Jews who are God's people. And then there's the Gentiles, which is everyone else. Um, he's saying the Gentiles think that they're going to draw near to God or get close to God or get his attention or be heard because they say so many things or mm-hmm. because they, they design their prayers in a specific way. They think that they're going to somehow convince God to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, that's not how God hears us. That's not how God listens. And the verse you just read, he's showing, he's like, he's not looking for just the words of our mouths to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. He's not looking for us to say the right order of things or, or say the, the right words. You know, he's looking for our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it said, when I read the part, um, while their hearts are far from me, I was also thinking how sometimes our words when we're praying can line up or align with things of God and, and the will of God and and sound 
mature, spiritually mature. Yeah. But when our hearts are far from him, it's like every other choice that we make throughout the day doesn't reveal that same thing. Yeah. So we could say all the right things. Mm -hmm. Someone can hear us and be like, wow, that was a really great prayer. But our hearts not be... Yeah. Right. <laughs> we we talk a lot about the correlation between having intimacy with God, like spiritual intimacy and intimacy in marriage. And I know that probably everyone can attest to this when you're in a relationship. There are, there are moments that we do this where there's lip with service, each other. where we say one thing because we know that thing matters to our spouse and we want our spouse to hear it come from us. But every other choice that we're actually doing, every action does not line up. Yeah. Or we, our hearts don't line up yeah. like what we are f feeling and, and desiring in our hearts. Um, have you ever responded to your spouse? You know, all my, all our listeners, have you responded in a moment where maybe you didn't really feel like saying it or didn't believe it, but it said, I love you too. Right. Like there, there's moments I don't, you don't feel like it. Or you're like, yeah, me, sure. I love you. Yeah. For me, it's, <laughs> I forgive you because there's been times when I know I should say it. Like you apologize. And I know I need to say, I forgive like, you. This is the right thing to do. But I'm then, supposed like, to do this. Later on in the day, I realize I don't actually forgive him or you call me out on it because how I'm acting reveals it. And you're like, I thought right. you forgave me. I'm like, no, I just said it. It's almost like, it's almost better that you didn't say nothing Yeah. until you actually do mean it. Mm. Um, uh, just like we can sense, like in a, it, within our relationship, we can sense true intimacy is off in our yeah. relationship. Um, like, of course, God can tell. Yeah, when we're praying and well, it doesn't line up. Yeah, who do we think we're kidding mm -hmm. when we try and like? Are we trying to go before God and like, fit, like trick Him? Yeah, into hearing us. This is what He's talking about. Like the Gentiles are, we're trying to, in some way force mm -hmm. something from God or manipulate something from God or like, Hey, look, look what we're saying. We're saying all these things, hear us, hear us, hear us. And God's like, that's not how I listen. I'm listening to my people. Yeah. And maybe the encouragement for you listening today isn't even that you're doing it intentionally. You're not trying to trick God, but yeah. you actually haven't even stopped to evaluate, Hey, are the things that I'm praying about matching my action and my heart mm -hmm. is my heart the same in both ways, you know? Yeah. Like maybe it just is time that we stop and evaluate. In asking the question, what should I be praying? It's like, what am I praying? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Do we, do we believe the things that we're saying? Do we actually want the things that we're saying? That's another one. Do we actually want, like, cause we could say, I did this for years as a, as a, as a believer, when I was dealing with certain things like pornography and, mm -hmm. and, and lust and those kinds of things, I would ask God to take it from me. I would ask God to change me and ask God to, God to heal that part of me. But in reality, did I like, I, looking back, I didn't actually want him to change those things. I just wanted him to take away the guilt that I was feeling. Right. I just wanted him to take away the shame that I was feeling. It wasn't until I truly believed like, oh, I actually do want this change to me. Mm -hmm. And then actually believing that he actually already has. There was like a discrepancy in yeah. the, what I was praying and what I believed. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, well, how, did, how does it make you feel if I say something that I that you know I don't believe in our relationship or you know that I'm not walking in, you know? Well, it, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel true. It doesn't feel like loving. Um, you know, like when you ask questions like, or if I ask you a question like, Hey, how are you doing today? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I really want to know, right? But I don't want to talk about it. So I just say I'm fine. <laughs> and I can tell you're not fine. I'm like, clearly, you're, and I've said this before, clearly you're not fine. What's going on? There have definitely been times where you're like, can you just not say that you're fine and just say, I don't want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. I'd rather you be honest in that way. Yeah. Because it, it's, it doesn't feel truthful. Yeah. Because I can see something and I'm like, hey, I'm, mm -hmm. like uh, something seems off, mm -hmm. but you're, you're saying everything's okay, which is not okay. 
it doesn't make sense. So if we don't like that, that doesn't feel good for us. I bet you our listeners are thinking like, yeah, I don't think that Mm -hmm. feels good at all. Then how do we think God feels about us coming to him in that same way? Yeah, that's good. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. I believe God would rather hear five words from us um, that are sincere in heart than a thousand from a heart far from him. Mm. Okay. So that brings up the length of prayers, not necessarily like whether they're empty phrases or not, but let's go there for a minute because in preparing for this, I actually timed myself reading the Lord's prayer and it only took me about 13 seconds. It was moderately fast paced, but Hmm. 13 seconds. That's it. So when Jesus in his own example in teaching us how to pray only did a prayer that was like Like under 20 seconds. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Of course, not that all prayers need to be short because uh, Jesus, we, we have prayers in John chapter 17 that are like sure. a chapter or two long, or it's at least a chapter long. Like that's a long prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's many times that it says he went off to pray alone for, for a long time, hours, sometimes even like days. And so it doesn't, we're not saying that all prayers should be short, but I think there's probably a lot of people that might feel like prayers can't be short. Like right. oh, that wasn't so, a real good enough prayer. So <laughs> there's a comfort in knowing that they can be. And that you shouldn't Mm -hmm. have to worry about the length at all. And we should also be able to let go of any excuses we have for why we don't have time to pray because it doesn't take that long, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Here's some examples of Jesus praying short prayers. (laughs) Matthew 11, 25 through 27, it says, At that time Jesus declared, now here's his prayer, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your, your gracious will. All things have been handed over to to me by my father and no one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. So I wasn't timing that, but I think it's even a little bit longer than the Lord's prayer. Lord's prayer. Yeah. But it's still, still, this is still a short prayer. He's thanking him for revealing stuff to little children. <laughs> okay. Then, here's probably yeah. one of the shortest prayers. It's in Luke twenty three thirty four. It says, Jesus says, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. So if anyone knows, this is when he was on the cross. Mm-hmm. This is one of the last things he says before he actually dies, before he gives up the spirit. Which is interesting if you think about suffering and mm-hmm. how, like, I was I about think, to say this. Keep going. Oh, really? Yeah, keep going. Because that's not in the notes. I was just thinking, like, Jesus was on the cross and he he was suffering, obviously, physically, but he was still offering that heart of worship through prayer to the Lord. So to correlate that to us, especially when we are in a season of suffering, we should absolutely be able to still go to the Lord in prayer and it's okay that they're brief. And I know you've brought this up before, but just that Jesus is always interceding on our behalf and what a powerful thing that that is when we don't have the words or our Mm -hmm. prayers are brief. We don't have to be worried that what we need prayer for isn't being covered. 
Yeah. I was just excited when you were saying that because I was thinking that even in the midst of Jesus' greatest suffering and in the moments before he dies, and and even because if you were to understand the science behind how he died, he was suffocating. Mm-hmm. He didn't have breath. And so he had very little breath to be able to speak, and he spoke with very little words. He used it on prayer. And he used it on prayer. That's really beautiful. But how many times do we feel like, there's been times in our marriage mm-hmm. in, in, in strife and conflict and in, in confusion when I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't have anything to come out of me right now. I don't know what to say. And so the, the encouragement is we can do the same thing in those moments with very little words still lift up our hearts to God. Well, I'm going back to that quote that we introed with by John Calvin, when he talks about how our prayer shouldn't be self-centered, but that the, um, needs of our, uh, of other men should be just as acute as our own, that we feel mm-hmm. that, that burden of need to pray for them. And I love that Jesus, when he prayed, he wasn't asking God to comfort him or relieve the pain or make it all go away. He was still praying for others. And I think that's also part of his example of how he walked and that we can, look to that and in our prayers, evaluate them. Are we only ever praying for ourselves and for God to relieve pain and provide comfort or, cause those things aren't wrong to pray mm-hmm. for. But if we're following Jesus example, even when we're experiencing those hard things, we can, how are we, how are we, how are we lifting up our spouse or our children or our other yeah. fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord um, or other people who need prayer? Well, and he was recognizing not just their, I mean, he was mainly recognizing their actual need for forgiveness, what, mm-hmm. exactly what he was doing on the cross. Mm-hmm. And that prayer exemplifies exactly what his mission was and what he was mm-hmm. accomplishing, but also recognizing that the the burden they were going to feel once they realized mm-hmm. what they had done, that these people, these yeah, brothers and in, in, um, these people of God, mm-hmm. these Jews, that w- the moment they would realize oh my gosh, we've crucified the risen Lord or that we've crucified the the Messiah. (laughs) I wonder in proximity to him praying, what ears heard that specific prayer? Mm. Yeah, whoever was closest to him, right? Mm -hmm. And actually um, at the day of Pentecost, Mm -hmm. when Peter comes out and prays, you know, the, the tongues of fire come down and it's, and the Holy Spirit's delivered to the, um, the disciples, they come on, he comes up preaching and he tells them that they, they crucified Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And they, it says that they were cut to the heart mm. there in that moment. This is what Jesus was praying for that the moment they would recognize this. And it says, what must we do to be saved? <laughs> so he was praying for that moment for them, that the moment they would recognize it, that they would be understand that they're forgiven. So cool. So in just thinking about going back to this original teaching of Jesus in Matthew six, um, and we're talking about not having empty phrases and length of words and things like that. Um, I just want to say like how wonderful it is that Jesus releases that weight of feeling or belief that the quality of our words determine like how God answers us, that we can actually persuade him if we use more words or more eloquent words or the right words. If you have the right (laughs) phrases. You know what I mean? Like he took a ton of pressure off of us in considering what we should be praying for. Um, that our words don't need to be many and they don't need to be convincing or powerful or eloquent. They simply need to be lifted up to God in faith. And, you know, sometimes our words are as few as Lord, help me. Mm, I need you. I need you. Yeah. And even still, sometimes they are just, it's being silent before the Lord, being still before him and taking comfort and understanding that he, like the end of that verse that you read, 
He already knows what we need before we even pray it. Uh, there's many times um, with the kids that we'll sit down to eat and, and I just like, maybe we, I took him out to lunch or something and mm-hmm. I just go, thank you, Jesus for this. Mm-hmm. And I just make a, I just, and I truly do thank him that we have this food mm-hmm. and they're simple and I, and genuine me not trying to fake anything. I, yeah. I genuinely am thankful for that. Um, and so speaking of our kids, uh, this whole idea of our prayers makes me think of our relationship with our own children. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, that we know what, they need. I mean, we're with them all the time, especially because they're little still, like we don't have kids that are up doing their own thing outside of the home. So we see when they get hurt or we Mm -hmm. see and know most of their needs. We're rarely caught off guard. Right. Really. I mean, again, we're not perfect and we miss things, but for the most part, we, we know what they need more than they know what they need. Mm -hmm. And we still want them to come to us and tell us, and we love that interaction with us, but in in relating this to our relationship with the Lord, like how much more he knows even us mm-hmm. adults who live our own life and in our own way have needs. Like he knows the the intricate details of what we're dealing with and we can trust that. Uh, and on the flip side, like just we're talking about us knowing what our kids need, but when our kids, we, we get so encouraged to hear our kids pray, mm-hmm. like specifically when they talk to God, their words are so simple. Mm-hmm. And most of the time their prayers are short because I mean, they don't have the vocabulary that we have. They don't have the experience that we have. And, um, but they, they, they believe when they're praying to God, that God's hearing them. And, uh, we, we believe that God loves their prayers just as much as he loves ours. Maybe more sometimes. I Uh, I always, I always tell my kids that, that he loves when they come to him. He loves that they talk to him. I will remind all of us this, that we are God's children, no matter mm-hmm. how old we are. That's kind of what I was getting at, yeah. He is our good father. And that's what um, next week's going to talk about. But he's our father and we're his children. Um, and we're not saying that you should only pray with simple words. Or short prayers. Or short prayers. I kind of said that in the beginning. Because there are people that do put a lot of thoughtfulness into every word. Well, I'd say this, you, you're much more eloquent than I am. Mm-hmm. You, you can, you have a larger vocabulary and you love certain types of words, but mm-hmm. that's a, that's to you a part of the way you present your heart to God. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, like you said earlier, it's, are we presenting our quote unquote words, you know, what we say with faith? Like, is that what we're going right. to God with? What's the motivation? Yeah. 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 So we're saying that, um, they can be long, they can be short, or they can just be still before the Lord. Um, we are saying that whatever works, whatever words, sorry, we choose to use to pray and make sure that they're not hollow words or hollow thank yous, that they're insincere or hopeless or faithless requests. Which leads me to a question, uh, for you, our listeners. Um, do we think, do you think people pray sometimes because they, f- uh, or don't pray sometimes because they fear it won't happen or God won't answer that prayer? Interesting. Like, so we, we, we keep prayers. Yeah. We're like, oh, I, no, God's, that God's not, doesn't have that for me. God's not I'll say this. That. I do this in our relationship where like, I don't even want to bring that thing up or ask Aaron for this thing because I know he's going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of do that whole answering for you, mm-hmm. which we've talked about in the past. Well, the, so if I'm doing it with you, I'm probably doing it with the Lord now. <laughs> well, we like maybe we we avoid, um, you know, if there's something that we long for, 
we know people that have had issues in their, in their bodies for a long time and they, maybe they stop praying. Like I'm not, you know, God hasn't changed it and he's not gonna, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to pray for that anymore. I'm not going to pray for healing in that area anymore. I'm not going to pray for, you know, fertility. I'm not going to pray for mm-hmm. think all these things that we are burned out on bitter for angry about. And we feel like, Oh, God's not answering. So we mm-hmm. kind of just, we withhold those words. Mm-hmm. So now we're, instead of coming to him with those words, we're, we're kind of like hiding them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say for a lot of people, it's probably layered. Maybe it's not just fear, but it's also mixed with exhaustion or frustration or bitterness. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, or a lack of trust of God. Mm-hmm. So that I remember when I was younger uh, and I was desiring to be married, but earlier, like probably 14, 15, 16, when I started thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I want to be married one day. Mm-hmm. I was afraid to ask God. Uh, I, like, I was like, I want someone who loves you, God. And, and I want, you know, I want to be married, but I was afraid that he would just give me someone, um, not to my standards, mm-hmm. someone to not what I was looking for and beauty. And, and like he wasn't going to pick the right one for you. <laughs> I was afraid. Yeah. I was, af- I was afraid to kind of just trust him mm. and who he was going to bring me. And a lot of that was because of my misconceptions about Christianity yeah. and misconceptions about him and misconceptions about women, women, and yeah. lots of mis- but I was afraid to like trust him with my future wife. Mm. So I would kind of pray like, okay, Lord, yeah, I do want that. But like, <laughs> I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to ask him in faith mm. because I, I, there was a part of me that didn't trust him with my future wife. So how can, knowing that you have experienced that, how can people pray for something that they maybe are lacking the faith for? Like, how do you still go to God and get over that hump of whether it's fear or the unknown? I think you brought this up last episode or maybe the one before, but um, one of the most famous prayers is prayed three times by Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he comes to Jesus and prays for something that he knows is not going to be fulfilled. He knows. You said he comes to Jesus. He, he, he comes he to goes, God. Thank yeah. you. Jesus so comes confused. to Jesus. I'm like, wait. Jesus comes, he goes before his father and yes. he prays three times for something that he knows is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Is He knows God's not going to answer. But he prayed anyways. But he prayed it anyways because in his flesh, what he desired was something opposite of what God wanted. And what I love about that is it reveals where your heart is at. And I think that's the most important thing is that you're mm-hmm. offering up your true self and true heart to God. And it also reveals our weaknesses at times. It reveals our yeah. humanity at times. Now, Jesus also came to God with the expectation of God's will being done. Mm-hmm. So he was able to share his heart's desire in his flesh, mm-hmm. things that he was actually in that moment concerned about and desired, which he knew was opposite of what he wanted. But then at the same time said, but I, but what I want is actually what you want, God. Mm-hmm. Let this cup pass for me, but your will be done, not mine. And so he prayed what he desired but then surrendered his to God's will. Mm-hmm. And I think we could do that. I think we can come to God because we have an example specifically from Jesus that we, there could be something we can pray for. And at the same time have a, sur- a surrendered yielded yeah. heart to God and say, but whether this happens or not, Lord, I want what you want. Okay. So going back to that prayer for your future wife, when you're 14, 15, 16, if you can remember, I know it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. <laughs> At what point did you finally hand it all over and trust God, regardless of what his answer was going to be? Was there a shift in your heart about it? Yeah, I think when, by the time I was actually ready for marriage, I had gone through a season Maturity, of just, yeah. yeah, not 
not wanting it at all and just wanting to pursue God. And then I was like, okay, Lord, I think I'm ready. At that point when I was, you know, 18, 19, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what I literally had to do. Cool. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to, I'm going to pursue in a healthy, biblical, mm-hmm. safe way, but all the while letting you have the final say. That's what, that was my heart posture. That's good. So it's, it's important that we do recognize that there's a process when we pray of transformation and that some things that we pray for, there's longevity too, and we don't get yeah, answers, answers to right away. Way down the road. But also those same things that we can be praying for over a long period of time can, can change us. Like the way that we we're praying, the way mm-hmm. that we're trusting God, the way that we're having faith in it. And so to stick with it and to keep pursuing those, those prayers, don't give up because you haven't got an answer yet mm-hmm. or, and don't give up because you're afraid of what the answer might be, but just slowly pursue God with that thing. Yeah. And be encouraged how he might change you through that mm-hmm. process. Um, I just thought of another example of of this believing God for one thing, but trusting his will for okay. the for another. Um Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stand up and they're like, You better bow mm-hmm. to us. And he's and they said, We're not gonna bow. And should you throw us in the in the fire, God's gonna save us from that. And even if he doesn't, we're still, still not going to bow. Him. Yeah. 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 Even if <laughs> that was a, that was them responding to, um, to the King, but it, they were, it the was, it posture. was also a prayer. It was like, okay, we're trusting God for this, but even if he doesn't do that, we're still going to trust God. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's good. Um, I actually had my sister-in-law, she encouraged me with that specific story at the beginning of this year in January, cause I was going through a little health thing that I was worried about. And I had shot out a text to her when I was like at the doctor's and, um, she wrote back even if in all caps in one sentence, in Mm -hmm. one text. And then she shared about Daniel, uh, that, that story. And it was so encouraging to me in that moment. And I feel like throughout the year, there's been a couple of these, even if moments between me and the Lord or a friend of mine in the Lord. And it's just been this theme. Yeah. We'll get this. We're doing a women's treat retreat this weekend. And my friend, my other friend is kind of hosting it and set it all up and chose the theme months ago. And when asked about it, she goes, I really feel like it should be called even if <laughs> she talks about Daniel. And I was just like, yes, <laughs> it was so perfect. That's awesome. I love, I didn't the, know that. Yeah. That's so awesome. I love how the Holy spirit works through people and community in that way that there's these themes and messages that God wants us mm. to hear. And if we're open to it, which usually happens when we're praying to him and our, our hearts are like in tune with him that we pick up on these little treasures, I call them, but yeah, that's exactly what they are little treasures. So anyways, I'm really excited about that, but we can move on. Um, I wanted to share with you guys when we were writing the marriage gift, our new book coming out, uh, we started every prayer with some sort of variation of saying, dear Lord, thank you for and then kind of filled in the blank. A lot of them said, thank you for today because... Yeah, a lot of them were very generic. They were generic, but that's because like our heart behind it was like, we know we wanted to start out with a gratitude. Um, something that we were thankful for and not all of them had to do specifically to that prayer, which if you get the book, you'll see like we tried to make every every prayer a different topic yeah. in regards to marriage. And so very, very few overlap yeah. throughout the book, but it revealed that, um, that first draft that we did, 
showed that like when you look at it all together, like all 365, there was a lot of repetition because of this very generic opening first mm -hmm. line. And our editor was like, hey, I totally get that you guys want to, because these are prompts. So our heart and encouragement to our readers was making pray sure like that they're, yeah, pray like this, like how Jesus taught, right? Um, and so we wanted that aspect of gratefulness in there, but she just really like <laughs> encouraged us maybe pinpointing, like tying it to that specific topic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, like, duh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and so there was some rewriting that had to go on there, but I'm so grateful some, that it was like weeks. There was hundreds of yeah. prayers that we had to redo <laughs> you guys. Um, just to be honest here, but we didn't want that repetitive empty phrase of thank you for today to be like the overall what you walk away mm -hmm. from in holding this book. We, we wanted to show that there is variety in how we share our gratitude to the Lord. And it's such a simple thing, but it really stood out to me when I was thinking about like repetition and um, well, kind of how we get in a mode. vain repetition. Well, how we get in a mode sometimes just in a, having a habit of prayer, which is a good thing that we start repeating ourselves. Like, yeah. You know. I, so the, the point of this is not necessarily that you can't say thank you for today. Uh, because again, we were just talking about how simple it can be. But is it vain repetition? Are you just saying it because it's, oh yeah, okay, thanks, right. thanks Lord. Like for, we yeah. we don't <laughs> want anyone to slink into a state of insincerity where it's just like on autopilot. Mm -hmm. But this is not the same thing as a continued, a continuation of like a petition, a request yeah. to the Lord that you're like, you mentioned earlier, we were talking about repetition and you well, said some, something that's on someone's heart that they're praying for. Um, did you give continue a, to pray? Did you pray give an for example? I don't know if you gave an example. I thought you did, but um, I, maybe um, fertility, like okay, they want to have a baby. I'm like, you keep asking God, I want to have a baby. Okay. Give so a baby. we're not saying that you shouldn't be repeating that over years because it's repetition. That's not what we're saying. We're saying, like you said, vain. Yeah. Is it phrases. vain repetition? Yeah. Are you saying, are you saying, are you saying to yourself, you know, as long as I'm just saying this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it before God mm -hmm. versus no, I'm. I'm with desperation yeah. praying this to God or I'm with true thankfulness yeah. talking to God. So it goes back to what is it that's leading your heart? Are yeah. you just on autopilot or are you seeking the Lord for this thing to be mm -hmm. fulfilled? And I just wanted to make note of those two differences, um, especially in light of answering this question, what should I be praying? Um, and then Aaron, like maybe you can speak to this, but should, should we shift things up when we're praying over years for a specific thing to avoid repetition, like, or I don't know. Um, I, I would say, I don't think it's necessary to be like, Oh, I need to like, again, if there's this formula, Oh, every time you prayed, you got to use different words so that it doesn't sound like you're repeating yourself. What's more important is what's in the heart. Mm -hmm. Like that, that, um, verse you read about the hearts being far from God. Mm -hmm. When we are bringing our prayers to the Lord, is it just words or is it our heart? Yeah. Is it sincerity? Is it faith? Yeah. And so um, the, the shifting what we pray over the years could be a practice of reevaluating our prayers, mm -hmm. reevaluating our good. heart. And so maybe it's like, God, am I, it, where, what am I praying about? Is, is there something I'm missing that I could be asking you for that I should yeah. be seeking you on is, is there something in this area of my life that I've been praying for mm -hmm. that I'm ignoring your actual answers on? Mm -hmm. So I would say maybe just asking the Lord to reveal if there's something more 
yeah. that you are that's something good. that you're not seeing, something you're not hearing. That's really good. Yeah, it was probably more uh, obvious to me because I had an editor. We had an editor kind of looking over know, all of our stuff. Wouldn't that be great if we had an editor right. in our lives? When we're praying, we are not going to have <laughs> an editor doing that, but we can be our own editors and consider Heart and evaluate. Editors. Heart exactly. editors. Exactly. Are we? Are we are we checking our hearts um, <laughs> before our words come out of our mouths? <laughs> I do want to encourage you guys like when, cause we're talking about like repetition, there's a difference between like, let's say you're going to the Lord in a brief way and just saying, God, I just pray for my marriage. Please bless my marriage or mm-hmm. please help my marriage. Okay. There's nothing wrong with those prayers. As long as it's done with sincerity. Yeah. <laughs> but to give you some examples of how we can add variety yep. into these things, Lord, help my spouse resist the enemy. Mm-hmm. Lord, help us not to be jealous of other couples. Lord, help us with our eating habits because we have not been doing so great. <laughs> These are at, this is kind of what we did with the marriage gift. We, we wanted there to be variety of things that we are praying over and not just. Mm-hmm. By the way, these are actual topics from yeah. the book. <laughs> um, so, some more healing from past hurt, uh, having more fun. How, how many of you listening pray and ask God to give you more fun in your marriage? Mm-hmm. Maybe some of you, but like that's I something that, that. <laughs> like maybe you're, you're in a hard season. And you're like, you're like tired all the time mm-hmm. or you're, you're just, you're beat down from life. And yeah. like, it's good to ask God, God, I want some more fun. I want some more excitement. Um, another one is addiction or money management or just rest. Um, and in the book we have 356 more topics <laughs> like that, but that's a good, that that's something that we desired to show is, is look at all the areas that you can be lifted up to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Look at all the areas that you can have a sincere, genuine um, prayer over. Mm-hmm. We know and recognize that uh, answering this question, what should I be praying and knowing what to pray is something that many people ask themselves. And maybe it's not a constant thing. Maybe it's just, you know, you're in a season where you're like, I don't even know what to be praying for right now. Even I would say prayer warriors who are strong prayers probably have wondered at times. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, I just got to think everyone. Maybe maybe not, but I I often ask. I'll sit down with like my journal and be like, okay, Lord, what am I help me pray. Cause yeah. the two things come to my mind and I'm like, there's so many other things that I probably should, so many people in my life okay. <laughs> that I should be praying for. So regardless of where you're at currently, we wanted to encourage you guys on some actual practical, like what, what should you be praying? And so, hmm. uh, we just wanted to kind of go through a few of these. Some of them have verses along with them. So you want to say, yeah, so you can just thank God for something. Philippians four, six or seven, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So thanking God is a heart posture that he desires from us mm-hmm. is we are thankful. So when we pray with him, pray to him, we thank him for stuff, for everything. <laughs> That's good. Uh, you can tell God about how you feel in the current state of how you, how you feel about something or just mm-hmm. in life in general, maybe how you feel about your marriage. Um, you can pray for your spouse. We already talked about this, but in a very specific area of their life that maybe they're struggling with. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they just, they need some encouragement or mm-hmm. maybe they, you, you want to pray for their, their spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. You could be praying specifically over specific areas. You can pray for your children. Mm, that's a, <laughs> that's a big one. Pray for yourself as a parent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, pray for someone, you know, uh, who's in need. Ask God to show show you how you can help them. Ask God to show up for them in their in their hour of need. Yeah, going back to that quote again by John Calvin, it's, he, he says, because we are so bound up in love for our fellow men that we feel their need as acutely as our own. Mm-hmm. 
let that sink in. Yeah, Taking that verse, bearing each other's burdens. Mm-hmm. Like we must be willing much to deeper level, others. yeah. Yeah. Um, another one is pray salvation for someone you know who does not have a relationship with the Lord. Um, and then another one, ask God to help you understand and accept his love for you. That's a that's a big one because I know that at various times we struggle with how can God love me? Mm-hmm. And so asking him, God, teach me how you love me. Help me receive it. Um, you can pray and ask God for more wisdom regarding current situations. James 1 5 says, If anyone you if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. And then the last one we have here is um pray for your church pastors and elders who are spreading the gospel. Paul uh recommends this in Colossians 4 3. It probably doesn't recommend it. This is like he tells us at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison. Paul's saying, pray for me, pray for us, pray for all those who are spreading the gospel and are teaching from the word. Well, that's our brief list of what you should be praying, um, that you can be praying for today. Um, we're, our heart is just to encourage you guys to get your minds wrapped around. What are you praying for and what's your heart posture behind it? And specifically, and hopefully praying for others. That's a huge part of our Christian walk is praying for others. Just like we talked about Jesus on the cross with his last suffering breath. Prayed for us. Prayed for us. Yeah. Prayed for, prayed for others. Awesome. Why don't you read prayer number 112? Um, what's the title of it? Submitting to God's will. And the verse that goes along with it is Ephesians five seventeen. It says, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Dear Lord, thank you for your word, which affirms the truth that you desire us to do your will. Although our flesh often opposes your will, making it challenging to follow you, we strive to surrender those desires and walk in a way that pleases you. Sometimes we desire to submit to you and serve you as a couple, but one or both of us choose to be foolish and disobey you. Lord, help us not to be judgmental of each other, but rather to gently and earnestly admonish each other to turn toward you. We ask you to fill us with patience as we seek to follow your ways. We humble ourselves and ask you to align our hearts with yours. Reveal your will so that we may act in confidence and bend our thoughts, our motives, and our actions to conform to your will so that we can fulfill the purpose you have for us. We desire others to see the reverence we have for you and for them to be close to you. May our marriage stand as a good example of how submitting to you blesses the marriage relationship. Please help us to continue on the path you have for us without growing weary or giving up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? 
We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.